Hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Find You Fitness Podcast. This is yours truly, Lee Pinkham, and today I want to talk about another topic that a lot of fitness gurus or trainers out there have a really strong opinion about, and that is the effectiveness of group exercise classes. Are they helpful or are they a sore spot on the fitness industry? My stance has changed dramatically over the past several years, and I'm going to speak a lot on that today. When I look back on that stance, from years ago, it it really makes me laugh at myself when I realize how strongly I felt about my opinion and nobody then could change my mind. Now, I've got a much more open-minded outlook on subjects like this, and I'm willing to be convinced to go in another direction if the information supports it. And so today, we're going to talk a bit about the evolution of group fitness, what it was to what it is now, and some traps I fell, fell in along the way And of course, I did find a way to mention in this episode, uh, CrossFit. (laughs) And yes, the sayings are true. If you do CrossFit, we do talk a lot about it. But, and I mentioned this several times throughout this two-part series, I boast about CrossFit because of the way that it's structured and executed on a daily basis. And honestly, that's why this podcast turned from an individual episode into a two-part series. If I didn't like how it was executed, I wouldn't be doing it and instead I'd probably be ragging on it like I used to. So listen on to kind of get a good better understanding of what I mean. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. All right so guys I have been on a roll with episodes not recording. Um, Well this one recorded but the audio for whatever reason sounded absolutely terrible. And I don't want to bring you that kind of content, so I'm going to go over everything I just went over again. Luckily, I love the topic. I love what I end up talking about today, and I'm going to try to regurgitate that to the best I can. So when we talk about group fitness, group fitness first became popular in the 70s and 80s when we had classes like Jazzercise and people like Jane Fonda leading aerobic workouts. Now, obviously, I wasn't alive during these de- during these decades, but I've heard what was going on once or twice through some of my older clients I've trained and just kind of, you know, as I've grown up, I've heard people talk about it. And then after the 70s and 80s, the 90s seemed to be like these cheesy choreographed cardio routines. And The workout tapes were starting to come out where you could follow along with these workouts at home as long as you had some pretty pink dumbbells and a matching pink jump rope. Then in the 2000s is when we had popular DVDs start coming out like P90X, Insanity, Beachbody, Jillian Michaels, like all of that stuff. And the thing is, the market was there. It was genius. Do these programs in the comfort of your own home with very little equipment and you'll look exactly like that host on P90X and just all you got to do is put in 12 weeks of work. It convinced me you don't have to pay to go to the gym or anything like that. And this is actually, this takes me back to my freshman year in undergrad in 2012. Me and a few buddies, we actually ran P90X for a few weeks and it obviously it kicked our ass. You're doing like circuit routines and it works well for some people. Some people probably found great results, and that's that's awesome. And so that was technically my first experience with any sort of like group exercise, and I, I didn't know it. I think the one benefit I remember out of that class is I'm pretty sure my hops increased by like four inches in like four weeks of me doing it before I quit doing it. Um, I do. I just specifically remember being able to um, like I can almost dunk. I was like really close to being able to throw down a dunk. Definitely can't. I don't think I could do that now. I'm not going to say I can't. I don't think I could, but I know that's one thing I got out of that P90X. So 
and, and of course in the 2000s, you know, we had group exercise classes in the gyms like we do now. And, and that's really the direction I'm going to steer today's conversation in. So often I try to think about, I try to go way back and I try to think about my initial thoughts on something in the fitness profession. I have two fond memories at two different gyms of group exercise classes back in 2013 and at that time, it shaped my mind on what I thought group exercise was for about three to five years. At both of the gyms, there was something that immediately caught my eye. The classes were full of mostly women, and they were doing mostly cardio circuits. Both of those things gave me absolutely no inspiration to do group exercise classes at the time. I mean, I, obviously, the women probably should have, but not even the women because I knew it would have made me the only man in the class. I probably would have looked like I'm just like trying to meet some of these girls. I don't know. So from, from the start, I just assumed group fitness classes were for women. And really, more women do attend group fitness classes than men. I see it every day and when I walk into a normal gym now. And that, that probably means, honestly, there's just a market for group X classes steered towards men. And so if you're someone and you want to jump on that, obviously, it might be kind of a struggle to get men to come. But if you can figure out what men want to do, working out, hint, hint, probably lift heavy weight, uh, you probably should jump on that. So once I started getting more educated in the fitness field, I started formulating stronger opinions on group fitness. This was also about the same time I started to realize the importance of quality movement in the gym. Things like having a good foundation to build on, like a good air squat and a basic understanding of movements that you will do as you fitness. But what I would see when I would peek into the, the door of the or the window of these classes were people moving very, very poorly. I'm talking quarter squat gang. The, and, and those quarter squats were practically done on their tiptoes, if, if that. And then people would be shoulder pressing with this huge arch in their back or pressing straight up like a mixture between an incline press and a true strict press. Just so much poor movement going on. And from there, I formulated my opinion. That group fitness was stupid and everyone needed individualized programming so they could hit their fitness goals. I didn't really blame the instructors. I blamed the entire concept of group fitness. I mean, how could a group exercise instructor safely teach and make sure everyone was moving correctly? How could the instructor know what injuries everyone in the class had? What if someone just came off of a rotator cuff surgery and they shouldn't be doing overhead presses, but they don't know that and neither does the instructor? It, it seemed like a flawed system. I honestly thought it was just impossible to, to handle. And when you look at group exercise classes on paper, the concept of it, everything wrong with it is there. You know, everyone does need individualized programming, so they get what's best for them. And group exercise classes are actually useless. That was honestly my opinion until probably around the end of 2017. And the thing is, I'm not wrong about the first half of that statement. If you truly want the most effective use of your time in the gym, then individualized programming is what you need. There's really That's really a clear-cut answer. Because the thing is, your needs are going to differ from mine. And when we are in a Group X class, it's a, just a very general workout. When it's a training session for you, made for you by a professional, it's very specific to your needs, or it should be. But there's a component to this that my ignorant self overlooked. And honestly, it wasn't until I started coaching a group exercise class myself that I realized it. And yes, I started doing it when I didn't even like group X classes. And I think a lot of my peers are stuck right here. 
because they don't experience, they don't have the experience that I'm about to share with you. And so if you are someone that you think group exercise is stupid, I just, I beg of you to listen to the rest of this podcast because when you don't have that experience, like I said, on paper, it looks stupid, but I'm going to give you my experience, what I learned from it and how it's really shaped my beliefs on group exercise classes uh, ever since then. So I coached a Parkinson's class for two years before starting my chiropractic career. So Parkinson's disease is a neuro neurodegenerative disorder that affects your substantial nigra, which is a very, very specific area in the brain. Now, there are a wide variety of symptoms that accompany this, and the cause of this disease is pretty random. There's, you know, there's studies saying that it could be because of uh, if you lived in the Northeast, there's it's more industrial up there. There's there's about well, there's a lot of different things that they think may cause it, but they don't know. So, with the variety of symptoms that we see with Parkinson's, uh, things like disrupted gait, which is how someone walks. Typically, we would see shuffled gait or freezing gait. Uh, freezing gait would be they would be walking and then they would literally just freeze. And uh, shuffle gait would be they would walk and then their feet would just they would start shuffling their feet. And that's just what they thought was normal. Poor balance is another one. Uh, tremors. That's probably the one people think of the most. Uh, rigid or stiff limbs. The, the list goes on. And from my experience, no two of our Parkinson's patients were or, we didn't call them patients. We called them fighters. I'm just in the habit of saying patients with school, and I don't like it. But no two of our Parkinson's fighters were the same. Honestly, it was wild. Uh, but, you know, to keep this tied into today's subject, how do you effectively lead that class as a coach or an instructor? I was now in their shoes. And all of that shit talking before about Group X classes was kind of coming to back back around to me really fast now that the roles were reversed. And I'm not an outsider looking in like most people who are talking the crap are. So when I first started the class, and let's talk about that. So I started this when I moved down to Marco and started my job in like September, October-ish of 17. Yeah, 2017. And, you know, I, Hannah, my girlfriend was already kind of like, like teaching the class with another guy. And I was honestly like, I was pretty nervous about doing it. And I didn't, I really didn't want to do it. And I would peek into the window, just like I said, <laughs> and talk about just how everything comes back around, peep into the window. And I would see these guys, I would first of all, see them walk into the, walk into the gym and you know, a variety of symptoms and they just were moved all so differently, canes, wheelchairs, um, all this kind of stuff. And walkers, they would come in and then next thing you know, I'd see them run by. And I was like, what? We're, we're running. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. And so there was just so many different things like that. I was like, I don't like that. I'm scared. I, you know, I don't want someone to bust their head open and I have to call 911. Ambulance come. Someone says, well, why in the world did you why were you running with them or why were you doing this exercise with them? And I, you know, it, you know, you feel a sense of responsibility with that. So eventually I got thrown into it. It was like, Hey Lee, the class starts in 10 minutes. I need you to go help Hannah coach. And I was like, uh, uh, okay. So <laughs> I was scared shitless about everyone in the room. And we have that one activity. It was a warm up where we ran to the other side of the gym. And I swear, man, my heart rate was through the roof for the first few weeks of this activity. 
and I'm not kidding. We had people that, you know, they would be walking in or the first few drills that we would do would just be walking up and down. And some, they would struggle to do that. They would, uh, struggle to walk in a straight line. They would different things like that. And then we would say, okay, run. And I was like, what, what? And, and it was things that they had been doing before. And now if they can't run or they know that they're at a risk for falling when they ran, they weren't going to run. But it was more of just like, I don't know what you can and can't do. That scared the crap out of me. And perhaps all of that is what really drove me to find out like what their individual needs were to make sure they weren't doing something that they weren't supposed to. Even if they knew it, I wanted to make sure that they knew it as well. Uh, like we had uh, like Flossie. Flossie is a she is a wonderful one. I mean, if she she has grandma written all over her and as far as like the sweetness and how she acts and how she carries herself, you know, Flossie, she would always struggle to sidestep on her own. And that would be one of our warm up drills. We would sidestep across the entire gym and then sidestep all the way back. So every time after the first few weeks, you know, I noticed that she struggled with that. So every time that that drill would come up, I would go and hold her hands and help her walk up and down the, um, the court. And I knew things like that. I knew how, you know, we had a guy named, or his nickname was Hoot, um, like an Al Hoot. And he owned a restaurant named Hoots. His shoulder had been hurting him uh, recently. And so if we ever had a drill that involved his shoulders, I would go to him and provide a modification right away so he knew what to do. And, and this is something I can't harp on enough, man. We, you know, we had Bob who, Bob loves showing up early every single day to class. I mean, we, our class was 1130 to 1230, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If that man wasn't in the lobby waiting on class to start at 1050, I would be concerned. I would be like, where's Bob? And you know what? As soon as the class cleared out before he goes right in, he grabs a basketball, he starts shooting hoops. And now it's just an example of, of, of knowing your clientele, knowing your members, uh, Bob struggled with a lot of things. If, if I told Bob to go to the left side of the room, he would say, okay. And then he would walk to the right side of the room. And then I would say, Hey, Bob, come on, man, go to the left side. After I got to know him a lot better and I could talk to him like that. And he would just look at me and laugh and say, Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. And then he goes to the left side of the room. And that was just, it was part of, part of his symptoms, part of what he dealt with. And it, that, that's just really me just talking about the wide variety of things that we would see with our, with our, with our fighters. So, we had a protocol uh, through the company, uh, not the company, but the it's called Rocksteady Boxing. And there was a protocol that they uh, required us or recommended us to do. And, you know, I guess it was a recommendation because we didn't do it. But we had a protocol that every new member who came into our Parkinson's class, they had to be assessed before they could take a class. And now, honestly, it's kind of a shame that we didn't do what we did. But being that we were kind of thrown into it, I mean, we were we were uh, doing all we were trying our best put it this way and one thing about where we were so we were on an island in florida and marco island to be exact which is a huge tourist destination and it's always 80 degrees i mean it gets really hot in the summertime but and you know in january you can go to the beach and get a tan so so drop-ins were very very common here and we would let these people just drop in without assessing them Basically, the way this would work is if someone was, you know, they were here on vacation for a week and they came to class, I would immediately recognize them that they were not a, a, a normal or regular member. And I would learn from either the front desk staff that they were a drop in or anything like that. And I would talk to them and say, hey, do you have any injuries going on? Uh, anything I need to watch out for? And 
And have you ever taken a rock study class before? Just different little things like that. And it wasn't the most ideal route to assess people because it's really on the fly, but it always tended to work out. And it worked out the entire time we were there. So for our class, we would have up to 40 parkies is what we call them sometimes show up in our one hour class three days a week. And, you know, I found myself in a very awkward and compromising situation. I was everything at this point I hated about group exercise classes. I had I was having 40 people in a classroom with a disease of a variety of symptoms. Every single person there, their symptoms were completely different from another. If someone had a similar symptom, it would actually pro- it would probably be like, oh, my gosh, you guys are twins. I mean, it's that rare. And I was everything I hated about group exercise classes. I, and then next, I'm teaching it. But you know what I realized during this? And this is something that you can't realize unless you experience it, really, or you have someone like me tell you about it. They were here. They were doing something, and something was better than nothing. Could they have benefit benefited more from individualized programming for me? Absolutely. And some did take advantage of that. And honestly, this th- that process is a fantastic way to pick up more one-on-one clients. And when you have a one-on-one client as a trainer, obviously you're going to get paid more for that hour of work. And if you're a trainer trying to build up your build up your clientele, this is an excellent way to pick up more clients. Teach a group class and people will come. And then some of these people will want to reach out, will want more, and they're going to reach out to you individually. Shoot, that's what happened to, uh, we had several boxers do that. We had my mom uh, and my hometown that's how she started training with her trainer. She took her group X classes a few times a week and said, you know what? I like you. I want more work from you. I want more individualized attention. And so my mom sees her like the other three days of the week. And now she trains five days a week and she has three days with her or two days with her or whatever the case may be. And then uh, she takes a group X classes on top of that. It's a, it's really a brilliant uh, concept. So if you're a new trainer and you're starting out, man, I mean, if I could go back, uh, I was, I was kind of thrown into it. But I'll I tell you what, when I first started, I was like, there's no way in hell I'm teaching a group exercise class. Looking back, man, it's kind of a solid way to pick up clientele. And that was one of my biggest takeaways from, from that class is, is that these people, they were here, they were having fun with their friends, and they were working out. And after a while, they knew what to do if they wanted individualized help. And a lot of times, you know, they would just come up to me and ask for a piece of advice, ask for, you know, they're dealing with this problem at home as far as something physically. What exercises can they do to help? Can they do things on their own? Can, you know, like, out, like, can I do it? Should I do it after class or should I come here on a Tuesday and a Thursday and do these exercises? And, you know, that's getting people, taking them to that next step. But step one is just getting them into the gym. And the thing is, is to get them into the gym, they have to have fun. And these people, they were having fun and they were working out with their friends. And for most, if, if they didn't have that class, they wouldn't be working out at all because they wouldn't step into the gym in the first place. So if you think about it from a trainer's perspective, isn't something better than nothing? If they're enjoying it, run with it. Of course, we could all use a very specific program to help us reach our goals. But why don't we all do that? Because it's just not in everyone's interest. And, and, and that's okay. When, when I realized this, I did everything I could possibly do to make sure they were all enjoying themselves and they were comfortable in our class. 
I would walk, I would walk them to their cars after class. I would get to know their spouse's name, their hometowns, uh, what their kids do, what they did for a living, what their grandkids probably do for a living. If they're graduated already, I would invite their family to come join them for classes. If they were dropping in, uh, on, on vacation, if they were coming in from, I don't know, like, uh, New York and we had a lot of people coming in from Michigan they were coming in from Michigan. I said, Hey, bring them, come have them come do some boxing with you guys. Like, it'll be so much fun. They're going to love it. And they absolutely love this idea and things like that. They can't be recreated in, in a one-on-one session. And, you know, I, <laughs> helping people figure out what they like, how they fit into something. It, it, it can be so complicated. You know, I would think about how I would feel in, in their shoes and what I would want them to know about me, uh, what I would want to 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 know to feel comfortable. And, and I would think about things like, you know, people probably walk in on the first day and they don't even know how the structure works. And I would explain to me, I would explain to new people when they come in, I would say, hey, the first 10 minutes, it's just kind of like free play. We got some big medicine balls over here, like the, the big stability balls. You guys can uh, throw them and bounce them back and forth. If you don't want to do that, you can shoot some basketball. If you don't want to do that, we just uh, we just kind of walk around and we'll walk with someone. We just try to keep moving during the warm up, and then after ten minutes, we're all going to line up on the other side of the gym, uh, and either Coach Hannah or I will assemble you guys and get you guys to line up to start our warm up drills. And getting people to feel comfortable was a big thing. Getting to know them, getting to know just the weird, quirky things about them. I, I absolutely love that. I knew that. I knew that Helen, when we went to box, she loved the mitts. She wanted me to hold the mitts. She wanted to beat me down with the mitts, um, with me holding the mitts. And you know what? She, she did a damn good job of it. I also knew that there was one time in the spring she uh, she had to get rotator cuff surgery. So she was only she was kind of using just one arm. She was moving, and we would provide modifications when necessary. And when we had a shoulder exercise, uh, she didn't even have to look at me. I knew exactly that I needed to run over to her and help her get uh, a modification for the exercise to uh, still get the workout in. I knew that Helen had 19 grandkids. I knew that when she came back for the uh, fall season, I knew that she had rotator cuff surgery before. And I said, Hey, how did it go? How's your shoulder feeling? And I would say, how's your left shoulder feeling? I knew it was your left shoulder. How was your left shoulder feeling now? Does it feel better? Do you feel like you can move your arm over your head? Are you able to get things off the top shelf? And she said, how do you remember that? And I say, you know, what else I remember is you have 19 grandkids. Do you still have 19 or has it multiplied by two by this point? And things like that people appreciate. I would remember who always liked to box on the same on the same boxing bag. I remember Johnny who he was, he was a chronic faller. He would fall a lot. He would fall probably once a week. And you know, the first time he fell, holy crap, it scared the shit out of me. And Betty, his wife ran over and helped him up and he was good to go. And I said, okay, well, you know, Betty, I didn't know that he was going to fall like that. And she said, Oh, he was a dancer and he falls a lot and you know, just make sure he's okay. But usually he knows how to fall and he does a good job getting back up and getting back to it. I knew that I trained I trained a guy, uh, you know, some people, we talk about exhibiting different symptoms with Parkinson's. You know, people would uh, be walking perfectly fine, and then they would cross a door. The, the idea of a doorway, I guess, they would start to try to cross it, and their gait would become shuffled. And so I knew that when they were approaching the door, 
that when they had that shuffled gate, I would be there for them to help them walk the rest of the way through. I knew um, kind of specifically where people held like tremored the most. I knew that different, I just, I knew different things. I knew that if we were going to do a backwards walking drill, that some people were going to need a lot of help with it. And then some people were going to be perfectly fine. I knew how some people wanted me to push them. I knew how some people didn't want me to talk to them as far as like when they were doing an exercise. And that, that comes with experience that comes with knowing your, your, your members or your fighters. But honestly, that, that is why we have group exercise classes. And, and, and this is all why, what, what caused me to realize this. Not everyone likes to train on their own. And there was one thing though, that, that, that still bothered me. And, and towards the end of my coaching career, our, I guess time with our with our parkies on uh, Marco Island, I was trying to find the best way to address it. And I mentioned what this thing is earlier. People moving poorly in group exercise classes. Now that my paradigm of group exercise classes being useless was shattered, I was still stuck on the poor movement issue I saw. And honestly, I did deal with it quite a lot in our classes. I was kind of the problem that I was trying to fix. <laughs> Every week we were we were correcting people doing squats or sit to stands and things like that. Of course, and and it was like I said, one thing that that drove me to it. I knew some people wouldn't even attempt to stand up out of a chair on their own unless I was there to help. You know what I would do when we had those drills? I would be right. I would sprint right over to them and I would say, "Okay, let's work on these." And they appreciated that because they knew that I knew how they moved. I knew what kind of uh, what help they needed, but I knew that there was something more to this. There was a better way that I could handle all of this. I just didn't know what it was. And luckily, like my my like I said, I do pride myself on this. My good memory of remembering things like this was something that I really valued myself on, and I think a lot of the members valued uh, appreciated that a lot out of me. But it was still an issue. I just didn't know how to tackle it, and. Towards the end of my coaching time on Marco, or when I was getting accepted into Palmer College of Chiropractic, I began CrossFit. You guys like that cliffhanger? <laughs> Honestly, this was so much fun to record. I absolutely love that Rocksteady class. And I'm still in contact with a lot of them today. You know, those people and that class, they taught me so much on how I interact with people in this world and what I want to do with my life. And honestly, it taught me so much in how to interact with people and the things that, you know, we want to accomplish bigger goals for them. We want to improve their function, their activities of daily life. But at the same time, you know, there's a, there's a mental aspect to all of that. A lot of these people come in and this is literally the best three hours of the best hour of their day. And they come into this and another guy, I think about it now, Bob would come in, Bob would get there 45 minutes early to class. As soon as the class before let out, he went in, got a basketball and just started shooting hoops. I mean, he gets ready for, he gets ready for rock steady boxing at 9 a.m. on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday when class starts at 11.30. And he said, his, it, I would talk to his wife and she said, you know, it almost drives me crazy. We wake up on Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings and he's like, okay, I'm ready for rock steady. And she'll say, Bob, it's not till 11.30. And he's like, I, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to go. 
And that's and, and people getting so excited about it. I mean, when you get to an older age, I can imagine, and then you get hit with a devastating disease that you find joys in what you can find joy in what you can find joy in. And and that's what's so beautiful to me about uh, group exercise classes. And and you know, this crew in particular, they had so much they could complain about. Things that they had been doing efforts effortlessly their entire lives are now hard to just accomplish alone. Driving, eating, sitting down. But every day, so many of them just came in with a smile on their face and said, "Hey, let's get to work." It was so cool. But what it also did, it was put it, it put me in their shoes. If I had this visible disease, how would I want to be treated when I walked through those doors on the first day? I realized that I would want to be greeted. I would want for the coach to remember random things about me. Make me smile, make me laugh, have a good time, and and give me a good workout. And that's what we did. It helped us all grow an unbreakable bond with each other that's going to last beyond a lifetime. And not only did I take away from that class, but you know, as far as the beautiful, the beauty of uh, group exercise classes, but I took away you know why group fitness classes exist in the first place because not all of these people would have come to the gym to do a workout by themselves. Are we doing the best possible thing for them? Probably not. They all need individualized attention. Are they doing something? Yes, and that is more important than nothing. So next week, we're going to dive more into the structure aspect that I love so so much about fitness, about group exercise classes in particular. I've always been a fan of how things are run. I don't know why. It just it it what propels and, and that idea of structure and analyzing structure is what propels part two of next week's podcast and honestly it, a lot of it has to do with the crossfit portion so if you guys enjoyed this week's podcast uh, share it with a friend stay tuned next week i i'm excited to talk about next week's stuff just as much as i was excited to talk about uh today's podcast and make sure you give the podcast five stars on apple Podcasts and itunes i'll talk to you guys all next week